Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to New Paths, where it's okay to be you. Have with us today a special guest, Lorena and Joseph Crawford. Say hi to us, guys. Hello. Hello. All right. All right. Listen, when we get back, we're going to be talking about family and faith. Stay tuned. Well, what an honor it is to have with us here today, uh, Joseph and Lorena Crawford. Let me tell you something, I've known these guys for a while, and there's just something special about the both of you. Um, Can you tell our audience first who you are and uh, the things that you do? Well, I'm Joe Crawford. I'm currently, the, my biggest identity is um, I am the Divisional Finance Secretary for the Salvation Army in the Potomac Division. And uh, that's, that's really not really who I am, though, but that's my current appointment. That's my job. Uh, my real passion and my real calling is just to follow God wherever he leads me, wherever he puts me, whatever it is. And uh, this is a something that God has given me. Is He's, he's laid a path in front of me. And that path started back when I was first looking for a job out of college and there was a job with Washington Mutual Finance. I started working for them and then I didn't ask for a job in finance. That's just what came open. So I took it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and then as I, as I led through life, you know, I went into uh, real estate and mortgage broking and, and the brokering and the finance and the background. And that led me to where I am when I accepted my calling into being a Salvation Army officer. Mm-hmm. That was already my background was personal finance. Yeah. So I guess the Army would take a look at the background and say, let's use that in our corporate structure. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, thank you. So I'm currently also with Salvation Army, and I am the Salvation Army Candidate Secretary, which means I prepare people to become officers within the Salvation Army. Mm -hmm. And I find that funny and ironic that God has done that to me because um, I became a teacher first, and although I knew God was constantly calling me to become an officer within the Salvation Army, I didn't want to do that. And so I, I am a teacher. That's who God has, what he has gifted me with. And I thought the best way to do that was just to be a teacher in the public school. Mm-hmm. But God had another plan for me to use his teaching gift in a different way. Mm-hmm. So I didn't want to become an officer. Mm-hmm. I did give in to God's calling and realize that the best thing in my life would be to obey him. Mm-hmm. Um, as I want my students to listen to me, that God needed me to listen to him as my teacher. And now I am in a place where I am recruiting people to become Salvation Army officers. So I think God had a little laugh, but I'm enjoying where I'm at. Yeah, yeah, a- amen. It's Isn't it wonderful how God builds on our past? Yes. And, and it's not about us. It's about his glory. Yeah. Right? Uh, uh, I, I can tell that your past uh, bubbles to the surface. Uh, your commitment in everything that you do. Uh, for as long as I've known you, I've never known you to half step about anything. Uh, That's one of my flaws. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm trying to work that out. <laughs> 
hey, that's 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 a good trait to uh, to to display and allow people to learn, you know, from that. Uh, let me tell you, I I know you guys. Uh, you you have family. T- tell us about your family. We have three kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, two of them actually are young adults. So we have a 22 year old and one that just turned 19. Mm-hmm. And then we have mm-hmm. a seven year old. So um, our family is uh, unique, I guess. I mean, I know there's a lot of people who have gaps between their kids' ages, but the uniqueness is not just those gaps. Uh, mm-hmm. We have always um, talked spiritually to our kids, we've mm-hmm. always talked to them like, um, like they're adults. And they will have spiritual discussions with people as well. And and they're not afraid to argue about something. Yeah, so yeah, we, yeah. we do have some spiritual arguments uh, that happen in our house. But I have to remind everybody that it's all got to come back to we do love each other. <laughs> you know, but our seven-year-old, she joins right along with it. Because, you know, we never, when she was born, the other two, they just acted like she was around their age. So, yeah, you know, she yeah. doesn't want to be babied. She wants to be big like them, and she'll join right in with us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, th- thank you for for sharing that. That's that really is some powerful stuff. Can can you tell me what your passion is? What what is it? What's the thing that makes your heart jump? For me, it's it's easy because it happens all the time, mm-hmm. and that's when I'm I'm studying the Word of God. And I am changed because uh, there's many times that, that I read it and and I read the same thing over and over again and everything is the same and and you know my life never changes but it's whenever I read something and first of all many times I read the Bible and I disagree with God I'm saying God you're wrong here you shouldn't say this you shouldn't do this and then I have to come to a come to a reconciliation with myself of uh, at the end of this argument that I have with God who's right and who's wrong am I right and God wrong or is God right and I'm wrong mm-hmm. and uh, we've got to come to grips and and decide if I'm going to make a change or not mm-hmm. and sometimes making these changes have consequences consequences yeah. in friends sure. and family and sure. and uh, th- there are many times where I had to stop what I was doing and turn around and for me that's a good thing uh, for me, it's a, it's a measurement of growth. I look back and see how many times I've actually realized that I was wrong. Yeah, yeah. And it, there's been quite a few, actually. And yeah. it happens quite often. But that, that's one of the, my, my things that, that are my passion is to discover in my life where I've not been living up to the standard of God's Word, either through ignorance or through willful disobedience. Mm-hmm. And then I see something that, that pulls me out of that and calls me away from it into being better. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe not perfect, not by no means, but trying to be, mm-hmm. and at least trying to be better and trying to do what he says, trying to live my life according to his will, mm-hmm. uh, reading his commandments, the, the 613 that are in there saying, uh, I want to do this. I want to live according to what you say. I want to mm-hmm. be who you are, and if I'm not doing right, show me where I'm not doing right, and uh, lead me on the right path. Mm. And uh, sometimes that, that works out great. Sometimes not so much. Mm. Mm. That's that's a real walk of humility, is what that is mm. to to be able to recognize. Oh man, I'm 
I don't add up and then to accept it and say, God, take me down that path. Take me the way that you want, not the way that I want. Uh, how- well, it's a lot easier than you think. Okay. Uh, okay. Because I'm officially one day old today. Uh, Got it. I yeah. I was born this morning. Yesterday doesn't exist. Yeah. Last year doesn't exist. The only thing that exists is I'm, I'm fresh and I'm a new creature today. Yeah. yeah so yeah. I can uh, live out his will today and uh, do the best I can at it. Yeah. And if I fail, then, you know, I'll start over tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. And tomorrow it'll be a brand new day. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I'll start over and I will, I'll do my best and I'll try to live according to his will and, and we'll see where that goes. And, yeah. and hopefully I will be even younger tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Tomorrow I'll have youth and I'll have exuberance and I'll be ready to go. As a matter of fact, last week we brought our seven-year-old daughter to the jump park yeah. and I wanted to prove to everyone there that I could still do a backflip. Bless your heart. And <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, depending on how you measure success, I was a success, success that day. <laughs> The next day, not so much. Who cares about the next day? Who cares? <laughs> what well, a lot of wisdom in that, and and that it keeps you out of the past. Mm-hmm. So many, so many stay there. Something happens, and they're just in the past, and never can think about the right now, because there's something there that they still haven't let go of. That's that's a that's a beautiful thing yeah. to to say, man, today I'm I'm one day old. That's really cool. Well, that, that'll make you old if you're more than that. Yes. <laughs> uh, I'm not old yet. I'm, I'm still really young. <laughs> Look, man, I'm not changing your diaper there, buddy. <laughs> Me neither. Lorena. Um, you know, Something that we do that maybe, I don't know if a lot of couples do this or not, I really don't know, but we both will learn something new in scripture and we have to do a lot of traveling for work. So we just spend time in the car talking about what we're learning and we just, um, just get excited about God when we're both saying, well, you know, we'll look at this, we'll look at it. And the two of us are very free together because I don't have, um, I don't know. We just kind of are very much in like mind Mm. and we say Mm. things and he'll say, well, yeah, I was thinking that same thing. And the um, discussion of that just spurs on even more. But um, something else also is when, you know, I'm a very persistent person. Mm -hmm. Um, And so in our kids, you know, we don't always see you know, those things that we'd like to see. We would love to see our kids joining in with us on, mm-hmm. you know, all the time. Yeah. Um, but I persistently, they are my passion too. Yeah. And God put them in my life to, yeah. for me as a blessing, but also to disciple. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. it can be so, raising kids is so, so, so hard. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you may not see the fruit of anything and you just feel like you're just, you know, saying the same thing over and over and over again, mm-hmm. but then you'll get one little thing that yeah. they do that you're like, oh, they are listening. Yeah. You know, my yeah. daughter recently, she's um, my middle daughter's gone to college, and mm-hmm. she has a friend who was um, diagnosed with cancer, mm-hmm. and she um, 
said, Mama, I got to be there to give her support and encouragement. Yeah. And, you know, that was great for me because I thought, sure, oh, wow, sure. you know, she is listening, that we've got to be there for other people that we, you know, and she was saying, would you pray for her? And, you know, that that is important to her as a 19-year-old when she could have yeah. been thinking about a lot of other things. Yeah. Um, so the persistence, uh, you know, that also, that sounds, I don't know, maybe before we were married, you might have just said I was just a nag. <laughs> but it's developed into a persist, a godly persistence, okay? That's a better word for it. That I can stay after them, but it's not always now so much verbal. A lot of times I'm just praying for them. You know, when they were younger, maybe I was more the nag. Um, but as I've gotten older, I've realized I can still persist yeah. in... Yeah. <laughs> my husband is zipping his lips. He knows not to say anything. I, no, I can persist with them still, but it's through prayer. And that is my passion is just praying them through this stage of their life. Yeah. You know? One other thing that's great is we are a stiff-necked people. <laughs> yeah. And uh, that that is, I think, a great compliment to us. Yeah. Because some people will go after the next shiny thing they can find. But for us, we're stiff-necked. We're, yeah. we're very stubborn people. Mm-hmm. We, uh, we are on a, a track. We see it. We're focused. We move in a direction. And we could be in a scenario where everybody in the room disagrees with us. Mm-hmm. And everybody in the room will look at us and say, what in the world are you doing? And I'm like, I don't care what everybody in the room thinks. Yeah. This is the direction we're going. This is what we're doing. Mm-hmm. I'm happy to listen to the advice of others, but, but everyone in my family are blessed with being stiff-necked people because even though we could very easily be sidetracked in life, very easily be drawn astray or gone to what other thing, but I don't think that's who God called me to be. I don't think that's who God called us to be. Mm -hmm. All right. Yeah. So let's, let's just keep that same energy. Okay. When we come back, we're going to talk about who is important, who has made the greatest impact over your life. So we all have that person or people who have poured into our life in a significant way. Okay, I'm sure we can put put our finger on that person. Um, would you would you share uh, who that person or people are and why they are so significant to you? Lorena, we'll start with you. Okay. I'm going to say my mother, and I know a lot of people say their mother, but let me get, tell you why. Um, when so my parents were ministers with the Salvation Army as well, mm-hmm. and uh, so when my dad was forty, he had a series of strokes. Mm-hmm. I was just twelve, and my mother and father had to retire so that she could take care of him. Mm-hmm. He was um, completely paralyzed on one side of his body; mm-hmm. um, he couldn't speak, and he needed complete round-the-clock care. So she had to cut his food in little pieces. She had to transfer him in the wheelchair. And all of those things. And so as a 12-year-old watching your father who, you know, used to be this great speaker mm-hmm. um, and could do all kinds of things. He did karate. He played music. I mean, he could do anything. Mm-hmm. And now my mother cares for him around the clock. 
Um, and so I watched my mother take care of him. And I didn't realize how much of an influence that had on me until I was older, wow. um, until I was married myself and saw how much dedication and how much loyalty she had to him. Mm. Um, because she is, even recently she said to me um, that he was born after her uh, mm. because God made him for her. Mm. You know, she took care of him, but she said God made him for her. Wow. And so watching her and the way that she loved him so much yeah. and the way that she would deny herself to take care of him wow. had such an impact on my life. Yeah. Um, and I was absorbing it and I didn't know I was absorbing it, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. And then as I um, became a mother and be, as I my kids got older and, and we'd been married longer, I you know, those things that she that I absorbed from her just became different to me. You know, I realized just how much sacrifice she had to have for him. He passed away four years ago, and it has been so hard for her. She uh, one day was in the grocery store, and she always shopped first for him. You know, the little things that he had to eat. And she said she was in the store, and she didn't even know um, what to buy because she'd always bought with him in mind. Mm. And her putting other people first um, is something that, you know, I saw done and I realized how godly that was. Mm. And, mm. Um, you know, I wanted that, I want that for myself, that mm. I put my family first, that I put my husband first. You know, mm. not that I don't take care of myself because you have to in order to take care Certainly. of others. Certainly. Um, but that I, that has just had such an influence on me and who I am as a person. And mm. I'm so thankful that God made her my mother, yeah. you know. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. For me, I, I got to start with my dad. Uh, he, he's a very complex, complicated person. Mm. Uh, my dad is 5'1". Okay. So he has a, he's always grown up with a bit of a Napoleon complex. Okay. And uh, he was always in trouble with the police when he was younger and in trouble every chance he could get. And then finally he uh, went into the Navy and got out and tried to straighten his life out best he could. But still... Uh, when you're 5'1", you have a complex that says, I've got to win at everything I do, and I've got to fight to the death to everything that I, I get. Mm -hmm. Nothing is given to you in life. Mm -hmm. Nothing is easy. Everything is a fight. Everything is a struggle. Mm -hmm. So that that's how I was ingrained uh, growing up. I was, uh, if I'm going to do something, I have to work hard for it. I have to be the best at it, and I have to continue I played Little League Baseball as a kid, and uh, when most kids, they go to practice once a week, and, and, and that's the end of their Little League Baseball. They have a game, they have practice, but me, I would go to practice, then I would go home, and I would practice in the backyard with my dad for an hour a day, every day after practice, and, wow. and then uh, my dad, he was into racing. I started racing motocross when I was nine years old. And it's the same thing. If you're going to win, this is how you win. You hold the throttle wide open and you go faster than everybody else into the corner and you be the first one there. That's how you win. Uh, all Everything else aside, winning is the number one thing. Winning at all cost. Uh, he ingrained that into me and it was a, a struggle for me throughout my life because that's who I became. Is winning became the number one thing. Success was the number one thing. And when I was in college, this is what happened. Uh, everything was great for me. I was 
played baseball, did motocross, did all these things through high school. Everything was fantastic. I get to college as a superstar, as being this the greatest of all time. Nobody's <laughs> even close to as good as I am. I show up on the field and realize I'm not as good as I thought I was. And uh, yeah. Yeah. I lost my spot on the team. I lost who I was. And what my dad taught me was this. If you're not good enough, that's because you didn't work hard enough. So I started getting in the batting cages after practice until my hands were bleeding. After practice, I would run two miles a day to get in shape. Uh, my hands would have blisters till I had blood dripping, so I couldn't hold a bat anymore. My knees got to where they hurt so bad, I could barely walk to the home plate. I couldn't run to first base anymore. The more I tried, the more I failed in everything I did. And... Uh, that was so ingrained in me. My teachers told me you can be anything you want to be as long as you work hard enough for it. And my life spiraled out of control at that time. During this same time, my dad was union president of the company he worked for. And he decided that he was going to step down as the president, let somebody else take the position. What he didn't know is the guy that was taking his position cut a deal with management to fire my dad as soon as that happened and they would not file a grievance against it. So I was cut from the team. My dad lost his job. Both of us, our lives are in shambles. I'm now moved down to Mobile, Alabama at college there. He's up in uh, Phoenix City, Alabama in that area. And both of us were messed up. And I don't know where to go. I don't know what to do. My life is messed up. And my dad starts praying for me. We've never been a family of faith at all. But he started praying. He's like, God, if you'll save my family, if you'll save my kids, I'll follow you. Mm -hmm. And that's when uh, things started turning around. And uh, we didn't have any real Christian influence in our life whatsoever. The only thing we had is my uncle out west, who was a rabbi out there. So that's where... All of our information for our family, for our faith, that's where everything came from, was from that. And my, my dad challenging me on my faith and, and uh, the things that he would send me and um, just different things to ask me, where is my soul? Uh, where am I? Uh, how am I spiritually? How is my soul? How's my relationship with God? Uh, where am I in other parts of my life? Not just the success of, of beating down the competition, but uh, where is my soul? Yeah. And uh, th that's one of the things that, that he has given me in my life. Mm -hmm. And uh, coming from this perspective, I didn't enjoy Christians that much. Mm -hmm. To be honest with you, I still don't. Mm -hmm. But I'm trying. <laughs> uh, but my wife's family were the first ones. that They, they accepted me. Mm -hmm. They loved me. They, they brought me in. And they, they lifted me up. They've encouraged me. And, and they've been that next step. My dad was would get me on the path and then her family would, would bring me right along and, and accepting me and loving me and knowing that, that my faith is a little different. My beliefs are a little different. My, the way I, I see God's a little different, but, but that's okay. Yeah. And, uh, and that's been good. Yeah. He's led me on a path that, that opened my eyes to things I've never would have experienced before. So yeah. Yeah. For, for that, I'm grateful and I, I get to see people and, experience things a lot of people don't get to because of this journey that God's put me on. Yeah, yeah, amen. want to thank both of you for your candor 
um, I know it's not easy to to go deep and and just kind of share like that. And I know that there's someone out there who needs to hear what you have said. I'm gonna ask if uh, now you guys have been married for quite some time. Twenty-three years. Twenty. Three years. Long years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, easy, 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 easy. Um, can you share with us maybe something that you have had to work through uh, as a family? Uh, what was it and what was what changed you in that and how have you applied that now does that does it make sense yeah mm-hmm. yeah okay very, very easy okay. well I'll, I'll tell you the exact time the moment everything because this is what happened when we first got married and uh i felt god called me to be a salvation army officer this was in 1998 and back in 98 i was sitting in my office and you know i Everything was going great, everything going smooth, and I'm, I'm praying, and then I, I get this strong feeling. I come home and I tell my wife, I said, I think we need to, to quit everything and become officers. And she was a teacher at the time, and I was wor- working for Washington Mutual at the time. Everything was going great. Uh, she just looked at me kind of, she may have laughed at me and, and said, no, it's not going to happen. I did laugh at you. And <laughs> it was, uh, I didn't know what to do because, you know, I'm a little bit ignorant, so I I don't know what I'm saying. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just going with what, what I felt like was happening to me and, and telling her the truth. And so uh, things continue going until all at once Washington Mutual uh, starts having a big change in their corporate structure. They begin shutting down all of their branches. I lose my job. I get fired. Uh, if we would have left then, we would have been fine, but we didn't. I listened to her. So I lost that. I I, uh, I got another job working in finance, and uh, I, I was doing that because that's what, all I knew out of college was working in finance. I get a second job, and uh, things go south, and once again, I'm fired uh, for no, no fault face. of my own. Uh, twice, twice, through no fault of my own. Nothing that I've done, nothing improper. It was just the, it's the nature of the business of what happened with locations that closed fired again my life is in shambles and and i'm, I'm reading the scriptures and it says you know a, a man's pain for, for what we did in the garden is the pain of being the providers of our family for having to work the field and being that provider and that pain i felt for not providing for my family was the pain she felt during childbirth that was her punishment, childbirth pain. My punishment is the emotional pain that that brought on me. And I told her at this point, I'm like, that's it. We were called to be officers. That's what we're going to do. I got another application. I brought it to her before this. And uh, she's like, no, I'm not doing that. She threw it in the trash can. It's not going to happen. And at this point. Wait, I think I actually put it in a shredder. Yeah. yeah. Not just threw it in the trash. Well, at this point, me and God, we get into a shouting match. Yeah. And uh, I'm letting God have it. It's not my fault. Uh, first of all, it's it's his fault because he could have stopped this. God said he was going to provide for me. He said he was going to watch out for me. Said that he was going to make sure everything was okay. And he failed me twice. Twice I got a job, did what I was supposed to do. And twice it fell apart underneath me. 
And then God answers me back saying, why don't you just do what I've told you to do? And that's when I said, it's not my fault. It's this woman that you sent here with me. It is her fault. And uh, then it was a, a conviction of, of, are you a leader in this family? Are you just simply a follower on every little issue? And then that's when I had to bring the third application to her. And I, I at this time, I, I don't know if there was anything different. I don't think I was, I know I wasn't forceful or anything. I was like, no, this is, this is what we have to do. We have to go. And, and I already made up my mind at this point. I'm like, I, I don't know. We were at a difficult point in our life, difficult point in our marriage, difficult point in everything. And it was at a point where uh, I have this, that God's called me to do next year. I've got to live on Metropolitan Avenue. So when I went to her, I had difficult things. I had butterflies in my stomach. I had difficult issues to deal with. And this is something that had to happen. And we, we had to come through this. We had to go through the other side. Back in 2006, I was a real estate agent and a mortgage broker during that time. And in Florida where we lived, uh, the real estate market was booming. Everything was great. Things were fantastic. Why, why leave while things are better than they ever been? Why leave during the best times? And I, I knew that it was time to go. I knew I had to just pack up everything, and I had to do it. And I knew I had to do it at, at all cost. I knew that this is who I am. It had to take place. And I have failed my family. I failed my wife because I did not take on a leadership role. I didn't tell the truth about what was inside my soul. And I, I didn't let it be known. And it was during that time that that she came around. And, well, and but this all wasn't just overnight. I mean, this was a 10-year period. Yes. You know, when you, when you see it as that, you know, when you're hearing it, you may think, well, you know, he brought her application one day to become a Salvation Army officer, and then maybe a few months later. No, this was over 10 years. Yeah. Um, and I watched him, and, you know, after losing jobs, be depressed, and I saw what it did to him, and I saw what it did to our family. I mean, we had times where... Because he'd lost his job. You know, I was teaching, so in the summertime, I didn't have any income. Mm. Um, we had times where we were scraping to find the change out of the couch, you know. And that creates a stress in a marriage um, because you start to just fight with each other because you, you are concerned about surviving. And when you are concerned about surviving, that's all you're thinking of is, you know, we got to pay this bill. we got to provide some food. We did at this time have our um, oldest child now when he was a baby and you know you are trying to survive um, but I still didn't attribute my I knew God had called us to do this so everything he was saying to me I knew but I was just wanting to live my life my way um, and I still did not attribute his depression and our family lacking and all of that to my stubbornness I, I just didn't I, I was my eyes were blinded I couldn't see that that really was like my fault, you know? Um, and then, so he did bring me this third application for Savage Army Officership. And I said, um, okay, if God can do a few things for us. See, I still was looking at it from uh, like, you know, what what's in it for me kind of thing. So I said, you know, 
I mean, we've been struggling and um, we have some debt now and I want God to, to pay it off. You know, okay, God, I need you to write me a check, pay off my debt. Um, and, you know, I had told you before how my mom took care of my dad. Well, I didn't want to leave her alone um, in Florida and move to the Savage Army Training College in Atlanta and, you know, her be there alone. So I said, okay, God, you need, my sister needs to come and move here to Florida. Um, and somebody needs to be near my mom. And um, then we had had a, a miscarriage. And so I said, you know, Lord, I want one more child before we go to Savage Army Training College. And so God met all of those things very quickly um, and surprised me. And, I mean, I shouldn't have been surprised. I should have said, you know, I knew what you wanted us to do, God. And I know you're a God of impossibilities. And I'm going to think I'm going to give you something that's impossible. You know, these three little things to us may seem like, you know, those are just completely impossible. But God was like, I got this. I can do this really easy. And look, I'm going to show you. Um, and he did. And uh, so because real estate, he had gotten into real estate and it started booming, we didn't even put a house on the market. Somebody came to him and he, they, he was trying to show them some houses and everything. And the guy said, well, you know, I don't really like any of these houses. Uh, where do you live? And he said, well, I mean, I can show you our house. And uh, the guy said, yeah, let me see what your house looks like. And so he saw our house and he wanted to buy it. And not only did he want to buy it, but it, we sold it for three times what we paid for it. Wow. And that paid off everything. And we had some more to give to my mom to kind of help her out. Yeah. And then my sister, who had, was a nursing administrator in Kentucky, uh, decided to take a job last minute in Florida, uh, right around the corner from where my mom lived. Um, and then I got pregnant with our next child. And, uh, <laughs> and I don't, I mean, I don't know, but I, you know, <laughs> uh, I just remember you, you know, maybe you were smiling <laughs> a little bit. Maybe, a, maybe a little. <laughs> God's like, how about that? Right. Right. <laughs> but here I'm going to say this is this still how stubborn I was, um, our daughter, though, was in kindergarten when we went to training college. So we still waited. Right. Um, we were on that path, but I, you know, I just was like, God, but God, even after God did all those things, see, that's how stubborn I am. And, um, you know, but this, let me do this first. Okay, well, let me do this, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. And one day she was, we were supposed to be going, some, going somewhere. She was supposed to be putting on a little outfit, and she wouldn't put it on. And, um, you know how kids do. Like, she's just running around laughing and giggling, trying to get her dressed. And um, she just being a little kid. And she just doesn't want to. She didn't want to go where we're going. And she just rather play. So, you know, she says, oh, Mommy, I want another piece of candy. I'll do it if you give me another piece of candy. And, you know, normally I wouldn't just give in to her, but I did. And then, um, of course, she didn't get dressed. So then, you know, she's like, Mommy, will you just play with me for just a little bit? And then I'll promise I'll get dressed, you know. And. So I, I gave in to her, and she kept doing all these little things. It was real weird. Um, and so finally, I was just so frustrated because by this point, we were really going to be late. And so I screamed. I lost it, and I screamed at her, and I said to her, I've given you everything you wanted, and you won't do what I asked you to do. 
And I fell to my knees because that was God speaking. Only it was my mouth saying the words, but God was speaking right to me saying, you have been a brat (laughs) and I have given you everything you asked me for and you still won't do what I asked you to do. Look at what your disobedience is causing. And, um, man, I had to say, okay, Lord, I get it. I'm sorry. I never want to be in that place where I'm disobeying you again, God. Um, and I went to him and I said, okay, that's it. We're going. <laughs> we are going to be Savage Army officers. I don't know what this all means for our family and for our life. But, man, I love God and he wants me to obey him and I got to do it. Because I don't want to look like a brat. Um, and so we did it. And that's, you know, we have days and we've had days being married and you're in the same, you know, you're working in the same office you see each other all the time you have to learn how to make that work but I wouldn't give this up for anything because God asked me to do it and God is going to bless my family he will bless our ministry and all I simply have to do is obey him and that is the easy part Mm -hmm. God has got all the rest of it he you know we don't have a perfect marriage but he he helps it he is the the base for our marriage Mm -hmm. Um, because we've chosen to obey him. We don't have a perfect family, but he's the base for our family because we've chosen to obey him. So he just works it all out perfectly. I just got to do that one little thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. She, uh, what what she's mentioning, but somebody asked me uh, a couple months ago, they said, uh, you're you're the finance secretary. Do you have a passion for finance? I'm like, no, I don't. I have have a a passion for God and doing whatever he calls me to do. Yep. And if that's finance, I'm going to do finance from the day that the the morning the sun comes up till it goes down. I'm going to be the best finance person God can call me to be. I'll, I'll do whatever I can for finance, not because of finance, but because that's what God's lead, led me to do. Yeah. Can we just soak this in? <laughs> Thank you. That, listen, that, although my wife and I, our journey is not exactly like yours Mm -hmm. um there's some awfully familiar Mm -hmm. ringing Mm -hmm. in my own heart Mm -hmm. and um yeah okay for for you it's the salvation army Mm -hmm. it's 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 your journey Uh, someone else it's something else someone um out there is heard this and they're struggling with a calling Mm -hmm. and and it's not just a uh a 15 minute thing it's a it's been a Mm -hmm. 10 (laughs) 15 20 year struggle right time is irrelevant Mm -hmm. when god is involved Mm -hmm. and uh I, i want to say this thank you for giving up I mean, that's because you gave up, because you put yourself to the side, so many have been blessed by who you are. Thank you. That's powerful. Thank you. Okay, look, you're married. Uh, I'm, I'm married. We've had some fights. Uh, I'm about to cause a fight. Okay, go for it. (laughs) Uh, All right. When we come back, Uh 
We gon' start a fight. Never lost a fight. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, we'll be back in just a minute. All right. Well, let me apologize first oh, no. uh, for any conflicts these next few questions may cause. All right. Okay. All right. So um, now, no judgment. You okay. can't be looking across okay. at each other okay. going, "Ooh." <laughs> I did tell you we are a stiff-necked people. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, okay. So first. If you could go anywhere and eat something, where would you go and what would you eat? Now, All right. you both have to eat it. Okay. okay. Very easy. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. The courtyard of old Jerusalem to eat a falafel. Okay. I would, yeah. I would not have a problem with that. Yeah. I did, I did first think Israel. Yeah. But I would just think um, just some homemade hummus. Yeah. In there you Israel. go. Get the falafel with some hummus on top. Okay. Some hina <laughs> on top of that. Some pickled beets on there. I don't okay. know about the beets. Pickled beets are good. Mm-mm. All right. Nope, not the beets. All right. All right. But I'm with you on that. Okay. The beets sound like a little right. sore point there. Oh, it is. It is. <laughs> no, we're not going there. No, we're not. <laughs> Okay, if you could cook anything upside down, what would that be? Wait, I'm upside down? Or the dishes upside down? down. The dishes upside down. (laughs) Uh, Okay, I got it. Spaghetti. Spaghetti. Yeah, that way you could take the noodles Uh, off, and then (laughs) then then you could like put cheese on top and have the sauce mixed in a different way. Uh, That that could work maybe, or maybe like a uh, the baked ravioli we've had that has the ravioli. We see you're thinking too complicated. If you just do a hamburger, it's the same on top and bottom. (laughs) Just flip it upside down. I stand corrected. A hamburger. <laughs> It'd be exactly the same. Right, there you go. Hamburger's the answer. Okay. Very wise, sir. Very wise. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay. Um, best barbecue you've ever eaten? Texas. Uh, Texas brisket. Yep. It's not even close. Yeah. I mean, okay. it's not even close. Okay. Yeah, we were just there visiting for a ministry team one time, and uh, I don't even really remember the name of the place. That was a, a ratty hole-in-the-wall place yeah. in uh, Temple, Texas. Mm-hmm. It was so dirty, I'm sure it should be condemned. But the guy was cooking outside. Oh, you get your yeah. brisket so outside. So wasn't near the dirtiness. Yes. It was, you know. Uh, you get the brisket outside, and it, it was it was game-changing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah those those uh, hole-in-the-wall places, oh, yeah. oh, they're yeah. always spiritual. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta love that. Okay, winter or spring? spring. Uh, summer. Yeah, well, summer. Summer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, okay. No winter. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no winter. <laughs> as far away from winter as possible. Right. <laughs> if it could be summer year-round, put us in Jamaica mm-hmm. or south of that, you know, I'll take 90 degrees year-round. Yes. Okay, all right. Hamburger or hot dog? Mm. Uh, uh, hamburger most of the time. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Hot dog if only if you're hot in Chicago. Only, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Hot dogs are very specific. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I agree with you there. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm a, I'm a vegetarian, but I like them vegetarian hot dogs. Those are disgusting. <laughs> hey, wait right. a minute. Wait a minute here now. Right. <laughs> See, right, man, he is... thought he was going to make the conflict between us, but it's like... <laughs> I think this interview is over. Right. Our daughter is a vegetarian, and yeah. she brings home those uh, vegetarian hot dogs, and the, and the absolute worst, the vegetarian cheese, the vegan oh, yeah. cheese. Oh, okay. oh, that yeah. stuff is so bad. It, it's, yeah. 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 We're just going to uh, stop right there. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to upset him. He's been good to us. <laughs> I'm giving you the stank eye. <laughs> All right. Listen, um, thank you. Thank you for your witness. Thank you for who you are. And I, and I really do mean that from the bottom of, of my heart. Um, I, I think that it is an honor to uh, share in the same ministry. We, we do different things, but our, our paths do cross mm-hmm. uh, often. And, and I'm going to tell you, it is always, it, my heart just kind of jumps when, whenever I see you. Uh, whenever you come by and we get to worship together. I'm we were in Atlanta sure. together. We were in Tennessee together. Now that's, we're here together. That's right. That's right. Um, it's been a very good journey and um, certainly looking for many, many, many more years. Um, listen, New Pathers, thank you uh, for your time. I hope that you take these moments, apply them to your your own hearts we love you i'm kelly and you're listening to new path